Cain and Abel, pretty close to the beginning. And I, I figure most of us know the story of Cain and Abel. And before I get into it, I just want to read something out of Proverbs. It kind of sums up what uh, Cain suffered from. And this should be familiar ground. This is Proverbs 3, and it's going to be verses 5 through 8. And there it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Keep that in the background as we talk about these two gentlemen and how they related to each other and how one of them related to God. And we're starting in chapter 4, verse 1, the story of Adam and Eve, and it starts like this. Now, Adam and Eve, uh, Cain and Abel. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And she bore again, this time, his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, and he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So let's just uh, look at these few verses here to get the story started. And it starts off with Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And she praised God. She said, I've acquired a man from the Lord. So right off the bat, the first generation is understood to be a gift of the Lord. So they appreciate the children. And soon after, uh, she bore again and had another son, and his name was Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep. He was a shepherd, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Two different vocations. That's fine. You know, we have those things going on today. Uh, no, no real problem there. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit uh, of, the, of the ground to the Lord. And Abel brought firstborn of his flock and the fat thereof. What's this, what's this offering thing? This is, this is a new thing. First mentioned in the Bible, so there's, there's going to be some teaching on this here. But it's kind of silent. The first mention, we know about offerings in the Mosaic Law. Boy, a lot of, uh, gosh, things said about offerings, different kind of offerings uh, in the Mosaic Law. But up to now, unmentioned. Um, but... We have an offering. These guys feel compelled to do an offering. So I feel that somewhere along the line, and most commentators felt this too, that the Lord had talked to Adam and Eve and this generation and said, in order to take care of your sins, we need to shed innocent blood to cover you guys. You're sinful now. You're out of the garden and you're sinful. And we need to maintain relationship and we need to take care of your sins. Innocent blood will be a covering. And Paul teaches on that, and he says this, this axiom, which is really a law. He said, there is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. That's a law. And it started way, way, way back with Adam and Eve in the garden. They had disobeyed God. They fell through sin. They realized they were naked. They knew the difference between good and evil, and they looked at their bodies and said, man, this is evil. And they sowed fig leaves. They had an idea. They had their own idea. We've got to cover this shame. We've got to cover this up. We're going to sow up some fig leaves and get that covered. Well, it covered their bodies, but it didn't do anything for their disobedience. 
didn't do anything for their souls. Their souls were black with sin. There was an alternative will in the world, and it wasn't the will of God. So he killed a couple of animals, and up in 321 it says, Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord made tunics of skin and clothed them. He was going to be very efficient. He was going to kill a couple of animals. What kind? I don't know. But he was going to shed innocent blood to cover their souls. He was going to see innocence of these animals that didn't, didn't do anything, incapable of sin. So he wanted to see that innocence, and he also wanted to cover their nakedness, too. It was shameful. So he killed animals and made tunics for them, and it was a two-for-one shot. He took care of the spiritual, and he took care of the physical. God is efficient. Really good. But always keep that in mind. There is no taking care of sin unless there is the application of innocent blood. And that's a law until Jesus did it on the cross. And it's still a law, but he finished it up. He was the culmination of that sacrificial system that we need to cover our sins. So, offering. God says, in order to maintain this relationship, we've got to do this offering thing. We've got to shed this blood to cover you guys up. You're continually sinning in your flesh. So, we need this offering thing. So, we're going to go out and do an offering. And Cain brought an offering of fruit from the ground, he offered it to the Lord, and Abel brought firstborn of his flock and the fat thereof. So one of these offerings is in trouble right off the bat, right off the bat. It's the one, the offering from the ground. No blood involved. It's, it's a nice gesture. I'm sure it was good stuff, and I'm sure a lot of effort went into it. And I, I can just see Cain out there in his garden. Ron, I can see you in the garden, but not as Cain. I know you're a master gardener. Maybe you're raising a little cane. I don't know. But uh, he's out there. He's watering the cantaloupe, and he's picking the bugs off, and he's putting seven on them. Well, they didn't have seven then. But whatever he needed to do, he's doing it to his utmost. I'm going I'm to take these to the Lord, and they're, you know, right after I take them to the fair, I'm going to take them to the Lord. They're going to be that good. And he took produce to offer it to the Lord, and he thought that would be just fine. Um, and the other son is in tune with the Lord. Abel brought firstborn of the flock and the fat thereof. And we know from the Mosaic system and the Passover uh, prescription that what God wanted was a lamb, firstborn, male. doesn't say that here, but that's the Passover situation. And he wanted a perfect lamb. And when it talks about their fat, he, he got the plump lamb. He brought the finest plump lamb he could find. It was choice. And one of the prescriptions for the Passover lamb is no blemish, no scars, no marks. So he brought the, the best of his flock, and he did an offering. They both did an offering. And lo and behold, it says here that uh, the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And I can remember quite well a picture in a Bible history book that we studied when I was probably about in the fifth grade. We had two weeks of summer school, and the nuns taught us, and that was the only time we got any Bible history. And they had a drawing in there of the sacrifice of Cain and Abel. And there was Abel, and he's got his lamb out there, and the smoke's going straight up, man, right where it's supposed to be going. And there's there's Cain over there, and he's got his vegetables on a on rocks, he's trying to burn them, and the, the smoke's just on the ground. You know, and I don't know what the symbol was for rejection, whatever the Lord did, but Cain knew that 
it wasn't received. It was not received. And both boys are mentioned by name here. He accepted Abel and his offering. He did not accept Cain and his offering. So there's, there's a personal distinction here in their, in their offerings. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Anger. Hmm. Anger. What's anger? What is anger? It's an emotion, isn't it? It's an emotion. And I'm, I'm thinking about this word emotion and the spelling became very clear. It's e-motion. Motion. What does an e-motion do to you? It moves you. It moves you with compassion. It moves you with pity. It moves you to joy. It's the emotion does something to you. There's an agitation that goes with emotion. And Newton said, once you get motion, things in motion tend to stay in motion. Things in motion tend to stay in motion. They call that inertia. And Cain's got this inertia of anger. He's, he's pretty hot. He's hot at God, and he's hot at his brother. So this emotion is building. Define that emotion. We know it's anger. Probably jealousy. Probably envy are thrown in there just as a nice spice, just kind of as a supercharger and dangerous nitromethane to get this motion really going. So he is, uh, he's got an attitude. He says his continents fell. When you have an attitude, and that word's been shortened. When I was a kid, they called it a bad attitude. But any attitude now is referred to as an attitude. So Cain's got, Cain's got an attitude. What do you think his attitude is? It's a, it's a bad attitude. And I thought about his attitude. Why? He's, he's mad at God. He's been rejected. He brought what he thought was the best he could possibly bring from his situation, and it was rejected. I think his pride is really, really hammered, really hammered. He had his own idea, as we talked about in the Proverbs. He said, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, follow God. He said, I'll be creative. I'll bring what I want to bring, and that should work, and that should work. God had stipulated, you need to bring what's going to work, and it's that blood thing, that innocent blood thing. He had his own idea, and he wasn't accepted. He became very angry, and his countenance fell. He's got damaged pride, and that's, that's a, a real blow to the human heart. When you're a proud individual, you worked hard, and it's not accepted. So the Lord said to Cain in 6, Why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Man, there's a lot in there. That is some concise teaching. I'll, I'll tell you, some of the greatest teaching on sin ever. And it's in, uh, it's in two verses. Not bad, Lord. Very, very compact. Why is your countenance fallen? Why You got damaged pride? Why is that? If you do well, will you not be accepted? What did he do poorly? What did he, what did he didn't do well? He, he didn't follow the instructions of God. He wasn't obedient. He thought he could be creative, and it didn't work. And it really it damaged his pride. He was very angry over that, very angry. So he didn't do the will of God, just like his parents didn't do the will of God, and they were ushered out of the garden. They were disobedient. Should have taken a lesson from that, but we all have to learn. Um... If you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and it's desires for you. It's, desire, it's focused. It's really focused. When you open the door a little bit to sin, look out. It's like opening the door on a submarine. Not good. It's not good. You get a lot of things in there. You get starfish, you get squid, and you get a lot of water in a hurry. Um, I was thinking about our puppy when, when it said, lies at, lies at the door, lies at the door. And a lot of you guys have dogs. And Dave, I know you have have had some dogs, rabbit dogs, good rabbit dogs over the years. And I watch our 
labradoodle, golden doodle, whatever she is, watching squirrels. And she'll see a squirrel, and she's pretty casual. She's a squirrel. She gets her feet under her. She's got her paws right out here. And then she's looking for the opportunity. She's really concentrating. Squirrel makes a misstep. She goes up to half cock. She's looking. She is really looking. Then she stands up a little taller and waits for that bad move. Squirrel look away. She's in there. In there right now. Boom. And every now and then she gets one. Every now and then. Those squirrels are, don't go too far from the tree and they chatter at her. But this is, this is how sin works. And there are three elements crouched at your door. There's your flesh, there's the world, and then there's a roaring lion <laughs> as fullback in that trio. Your flesh, when it sees a crack in the door, really wants to sin. It likes to sin. The flesh likes to sin. Yeah. The next guy coming up is the world. It's okay to sin. It's, it's just fine. Look at any magazine. Everything they're doing in there isn't good, but it's all over the place. Everybody's doing it. It's glossy. It looks good. And they, they don't run the whole video either. They don't run the whole video. And then there's the crowning lion. There's Satan himself. He sees a crack in the door, and he's in there big time. Oh, man. Says he's a roaring lion. Roaring lion. I heard a lion roar one time at the zoo, and I was 100 yards away, and it made my chest rattle. And I thought to myself, oh, boy, this is a big cat. And then I thought, if he got out, I can't outrun him. I can't outclimb him. And I can't out arm wrestling. This is a bad kitty. This is a bad kitty. And this bad kitty is going to climb into Cain's head, along with his flesh that's been damaged, along with his pride that's been damaged. And he's got Satan saying, it's okay. This is what you want to do. Sin lies at the door, and when it sees a crack, it's in there. Okay, it's desirous for you. Boy, I think that's obvious. They're all looking right inside the door. Boy, we see this guy's soul. We're going in there. That soul's eternal. If we can take that out, he's going to be an unhappy camper for a long time. Boom. We're going to be in there. But you should rule over it. How are you going to do that when you've got the big three ready to roar in there? Oh, my. That's going to take some doing. That's going to take some doing. We have the Holy Spirit as believers. And the scripture that helps us out, it says, He that is in you, in you, is more powerful than he that is in the world. So we got that. We got the power. We got the power. We have to rely on that power. Um, in temptations, and this is, this is a real temptation for Cain. We are given in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13, three options. Three options, three explanations for sin. First one is, says God's merciful and faithful. And this is how a temptation is going to go. This is what he's going to allow in, in temptations for you. It's not going to be a supernatural temptation. It's going to be one that's common to man. Uh, God's not going to send you out like he sent Jesus out to take on Satan head-on in a death match three times. And our champion, Jesus, came up victorious three times. And the whole church said, amen, amen. Went on to be our Savior. Um, he's not going to do that. That's uncommon for man. So you're not going to get the super test. You're going to get the test that's right at your ability level. He says, I'm going to do this thing that you're able to bear. That's the second condition. I'm going to allow that. And then the third one is, I'm always going to provide a way out for you. There's always going to be an exit. Always going to be an exit. And a couple times ago when I taught, we taught about David and his uh, encounter with Bathsheba. And he had multiple opportunities to just leave the roof, just go, just get out of here. And he didn't. He escalated, escalated, escalated to the point where he had Bathsheba over to his house. 
and you know the rest of the story. It's not good. Kind of the same thing's going to happen here, but you should rule over it. This is God talking. You should rule over it. You should know the difference between right and wrong, and when wrong looks you in the face, you should get away from it. You should just leave. You should just not entertain it whatsoever. And Satan is so good at rationalization. He's a roaring lion, but he's also the most cunning beast in the field. said a couple of chapters before, very cunning. He can run that rationalization on you. Nobody will know. Nobody will find out. It's going to be okay. We'll worry about that tomorrow. You know the gambit. We've all played that game up there. And uh, he's very good at that. Yep, flesh wants to do it. The world says it's okay. And Satan says, I'll help you out. We, we can get this done together. So, but we're supposed to rule over it. Um, we'll see how Cain does here. Now, Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass, they were in the field. And Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And I, I always do a little sigh. Oh, man. He, Cain didn't, didn't go with the second chance. He didn't go with the rebuke. God said, if you do well, it'll be fine. The second chance, he disregarded. He, was, he had that emotion of anger. He had that inertia of anger. He had that inertia of jealousy. He couldn't get rid of that, rid of that root of bitterness, working on him, working on him, working on him. And he went in the field, and he killed his brother. Uh, said he talked with his brother. So this doesn't look like an accident to me. Talked with his brother and said something like, and this is my imagination going here, let's go out there and look at your sheep, and while we're out there, we'll slip over to my garden, and we'll check it out. You know, it's a beautiful day, and let's just go for a stroll with his brothers. Just have a little fun out here. And they got out there when nobody was looking, and boom. Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Not a good thing. Really not a good thing. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? It's his reply. And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Bold-faced lie. Big fat lie after a cold-blooded murder. Oh my, this guy's a wretch. Am I my brother's keeper? Is that a flippant answer to God or what? That is, that's raw sass. This, this guy's a hardened criminal already. You think his pride wasn't damaged? You think Satan said about, about Abel, said, You can't do anything about God? Let's work on Abel. That'll make you feel better. That goody two-shoes, you see his smoke? Right up to God. Wow, he's, he's an older boy kind of guy. Wouldn't it be fun to take him out? Yeah, it would. It really would. Make me feel better. Finally, I'd feel better. And Satan worked on him and worked on him, and my goodness, he rose up against his brother and killed him. Now, the roaring lion is at work. Everything that the roaring lion plotted is coming true. What is Satan's... What is Satan's mission for you? What is his mission in the world? Kill, murder, destroy. Kill, murder, destroy. It's coming true. It's coming true. Just lied to God. Big, bold-faced lie. Sassed him. And now God's going to have a little turn. And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Blood. There's that blood thing again. Wow. Blood is very precious to God. God said, Don't. Drink the blood after sacrifice. Let that blood go into the ground. Don't desecrate it by eating it or drinking it. That's what the pagans did. God considered that to be a desecration, a desecration of innocent blood. Um, said the life's in the blood. So here we have blood crying out to God. And it's probably a figurative thing that God knew anyhow, but the bottom line here is that your sin will find you out. Your brother's blood is crying out to me. I know you did it. I know your heart. I know you did it in cold blood with malice of forethought, and you're very guilty. You're really guilty. Okay, now the sentence. So now you are cursed from the earth, 
which has opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you will be on the earth. And this was this was Cain's thing. He was a farmer. Think of all that effort he put in for that one sacrifice. He was doing that all the time. He was a proud farmer. Now he's cut off from the ground. Everything he's going to try in the ground is going to be cursed. So he no longer has that satisfaction. That's part of the roaring lion thing. He's destroying him. He's destroying him. A fugitive, you're going to be a wanted man and a vagabond. You shall be on the earth. He's going to wander. He's not going to have a family. He's not going to be connected to anything. Uh, he's just going to be a wanderer. And he's going to be a, a fugitive. And we call fugitive mark men. God puts a mark on him. God puts a mark on him. Um, so let me read this so I don't get ahead of myself. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Under the Mosaic law, he would have been stoned. Here, he's a vagabond. He's going to wander throughout the earth with this special mark God's going to give him saying, don't, don't kill people. Don't kill people. Don't let this happen to you. So he's going to cover a lot of ground and be a sign that murder is, is not tolerated um, because you'll turn out to be like me. My punishment's more than I can bear. Why don't you just kill me and get it over with? No, you're going to be a vagabond and a fugitive. Um, you, have driven me, you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I, uh, I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. He knows what death is. He just killed his brother. He knows it's a bad thing. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. Um, that was his curse. He had to go on and on and on as a wanderer and a fugitive. So it was a fate worse than death. And he couldn't farm. Everything he touched was just going to be a curse. So he was very unhappy. And that old Satan, he roared in and talked him into it along with his flesh. I don't know if the world was a big thing then, but it is now. And when you run this story out to the end, does it have a happy ending after sin? No, not at all. Abel's gone. Innocent Abel, gone. His mother grieves. His father grieves. And Cain is a fugitive and a vagabond in the world, wearing a mark that says, don't kill people. This, this is what God will do to you if you kill people. You just be this aimless wanderer. Um, a lot of things in here about sin and how to conquer sin and how to be obedient faith and obedience you know it's like love and marriage horse and carriage that sort of thing faith equals obedience he wasn't obedient he leaned on his own understanding and it cost him he didn't trust what god had set up for him so his path was not straight he had the path of a wanderer after that so when satan's talking to you play the video a little more play the video a little more see how this could turn out it could turn out very bad the way this one did Okay, let's pray, and we'll be on our way. Yes, sir. Okay, hope I can answer. Well, I, I think that's understood because Adam and Eve uh, were, God did a blood offering for them to cover their sins. We assume that God had instructed them about offerings. Those offerings aren't really explained until the Mosaic period. But we see Abraham doing offerings, a lot of offerings up until the time of Moses, and then they're really defined. But God said, we need to have this covering of sin by innocent blood. I'm sure he instructed these people because, you know, he said, your offering is bad. This offering is good. Okay. Sevenfold. I don't know what that mark is. No. The mark is don't kill, don't kill Cain. Don't mess with Cain. Don't mess with Cain because bad things could happen to you. I don't know what the mark 
signifies. Um, leprosy was one of those things. Uh, here, comes, here comes a leper. You know, they're no good for anything. Why don't we just wipe them out? But we don't want to get close to them. You know, there's, there's some kind of repercussion in, in approaching Cain. Cain was worried about that. Cain was worried about that. And God puts this special mark on him that marked him as a fugitive, but don't approach him and, and don't hurt him because there'll be a repercussion. It'll be seven times worse than what he got and what Cain got. And what that sign was, I don't know. I don't know. Carol, good question. Well, you know, they lived very long. Maybe this happened later in their life and there were other children. That's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I have to say about that. That's the only way we can explain that. You know, God, God wasn't creating people. To, no, I don't, I don't think so. We don't want to go there. We don't want to go another creation. We want to, I think we want to say that Adam and Eve had other children. These children lived to be 600 years old. So there was a long period in here where others could populate the world. Others could populate the world. Right. It was a perfect gift. It was a prideful gift. I know as much as God does. I know what God would really like. He would really appreciate what, yes, yes, that's what he needed to do. Right. He needed to go someplace, get something that was innocent for the sacrifice. It doesn't say in scripture, you know, the juice of a cantaloupe is good for the remissions of sin. It has to be innocent blood. It has to be innocent blood. Hey, Ryan. Right. And could be a lot of other people around. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Betsy, I thought you were on my side. <laughs> See, it's going to be a stumper. Yeah, he was leaning on his own understanding. Right, that's the will of God. His will is perfect. We do what he says. Yeah, Ryan. Um, after Cain is marked, it goes on to say something. As wife has ascendance, now are these people in Jesus? It's spelled differently. The, the Canaan of... Uh, Palestine has a different spelling. A different spelling. I don't. I don't think they're related. I don't believe they are. Yeah. Big leaves. Exactly. God didn't accept that either. No, that wasn't going to work, was it? They didn't rebel against Right. Their sin was rebellion. Yeah. Their sin was rebellion. God tried to fix it, but God make them a cover. Right. From the animal, the Right. We can't fix. We can't. We can't fix it. No. We have to do what God says. God is the brilliant one. God wants it his way. God's way is best. When we get creative, we get in trouble. There was a, there was a situation uh, where Aaron is going to do the very first sacrifice in the temple. And uh, he goes in to do it. And he has sons. And I can't give you their names, but they, they see dad doing it. So they got this bright idea. Yeah, we'll take fire up to the to the altar also, and God called it strange fire. They approached the altar, and fire came out of the altar and eliminated them, killed them on the spot. So maybe Cain's pretty lucky here. Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit. Bam, bam, gone. Uh, God likes to punctuate when he brings in a new economy, a new economy. We're going to have sacrifices here, guys, but you're going to do it my way. You can't get creative. I've got a plan here. If we get creative, we get away from Jesus on the cross. We forget about Jesus on the cross. If we're doing vegetables, you're looking for a banana as a savior. That's not right. We're looking for a human and human innocent blood. Wow, where does that come from? That comes from a Holy Spirit overshadowing a virgin. That's where that comes from. So a very special thing, very special innocent blood. Uh, any other questions? Have I modeled all this for you? There's mud. On that, we'll pray. 
Lord Jesus. Hey, thanks for the teaching, Lord. Um, you know, gave him a second chance. Lord, let our hearts be soft we, so we can get a second chance. You're very merciful, Lord. When you give us second chances, let us pick up on that. Let us, the anger and the emotion, Lord, let us not ride that. Let us do what your word says to just let that dissipate as we pray and ask you for forgiveness, Lord. That will take care of that anger. Lord Jesus, um, what a great teaching on sin. In two verses, you just summed it all up. If you're obedient, you'll have a lot less trouble. If you want to sin, man, the big three is ready to rush in there and ruin your life. Lord, let us understand. Let us remember. Lord, give all these folks a great week, and uh, we'll try it again on Sunday, Lord. Amen.